Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Wow. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Good to see you. So, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to gather here this morning. We thank you for being with us and loving us and just just for who you are in our lives and, and how, how faithful you are. And so we just give you the praise for that this morning and thank you for it. We just come to you with, with, with thanksgiving for that too. And Holy Spirit, speak through me this morning. I submit myself to you in the mighty name of Yeshua. Amen. Cool. So, um, had a I actually had a really good week. So we, th- so thankful for for you guys because we were able to get away to the um, NWBC. Had an oasis for pastors down in Sun River, and um, in in Oregon, and it was phenomenal. So we get there and we're driving down and we're excited because we're like getting away anyway, and we really ne- needed to get away, and so um, we pull in and like we're running late anyway and so so we're like we gotta get there for dinner and so we we're pulling in and I get up to the counter and I'm getting ready to check in and he she the lady looks at me and she's like like we've got your reservation but I'm so sorry someone didn't show up so we're gonna have to upgrade you to the executive suite (laughs) and I was like I'm so sorry too but since if it will help you we will be glad to oblige you. And so we got an executive room. And so it was huge and big. And so it was just amazing how, how good God is. But I was like, why are you sorry that you're having to upgrade me? I'm just like, like, I'm not sorry. I'm like, yes, but I will help you every time on that. And so and then, then we, we got in, found our seat, and met some really, really cool people and some other pastors. And and um, then um, <clears throat> the next day, we went into, a, they call them breakout sessions. It's not like where you get out and you break, break dance, you know. <laughs> and so I'll try to do it. I can't do it as good as George, you know. <laughs> but, but um, you know, the breakouts, like, I ain't going in a breakout session. I can't dance, you know. And so, anyway, it wasn't dancing. It was talking <laughs> and teaching. And so I went into this breakout session, and it was on identity. And it's something that God's really put on my heart anyway to be talking about. And one of the things that I realized uh, as I was going, going through this was, was that God really wants to deal with our identity. Like that's one of the first, first things that we need to recognize is who we are. And not just who we are, but who's we are and if we don't get that then everything else kind of teeters on on this like, like we're either here like like god hates unjust scales right and so that's why jesus when he went to the cross see it's a balanced scale because he said i'm going to pay for everything for you and i'm going to make access to you to the father but also to you to other people too right because that when you see that when you see the cross what do you see you see the ten commandments the, the first five are your relationship with God. The next five are what? Your relationship with man. So Jesus is the fulfillment 
of the law. Jesus didn't come to do away with it, but he fulfilled it so now that we can step in it. And then that's where we get like it. Every Jewish person on the planet that has a mezuzah sticks it on their door. And, and it has Deuteronomy um, 28 in there, but it also has the Shema, which is, which is found, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is God. He is one. Right? And Jesus said, even said this. This is the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Now, here, here's what we get here. It's like a hearing that's not just a hearing, like I hear you. Like there's our five senses. Like, and there's this 3D world. I was listening to a quantum physicist. Can you say that? And, and they have this thing. It's called a, a slit theory. Anybody ever hear of this? Where, where they run these particles through, through this. There's like slits. And then you can see the particles. And... When they run them through, it's just everywhere. There's like no order to it. And they're like, well, that's great. But they notice whenever one person would look at it and look at the slit, it would go through the slit and it'd have one pattern. And then someone else would look at it and it'd go through the slit and it'd have another pattern. And so they're like, wait a second. So they wouldn't look at it and do it again. And guess what? It was just wherever it went. And they figured out there is something more about us than just what you see on the outside. And this is quantum physics. Like, this isn't, this isn't believers. This is physicists, you know, quantum physicists. Can you say that? I can't say that anymore. I'm going to say it. <laughs> These are smart guys, right? And so, um, so what they come up with is, like, and then you go to, to Einstein, right? And Einstein, when, what God did through that man revolutionized the entire planet, his E equals MC squared changed because it went from Newtonian studies where, where Newton says matter affects matter. Now he's saying it's so sub, subatomic and subparticles and, and what we're made of is got, there's like nothing in it. It's like, like there's, there's so much of nothing to us, but there's a lot to us too. And so there's like there's more than what you can see, but there's not, it's not matter, and you can't affect matter by matter. Now, they call it the field. And I was reading in, in about Mary, and I was thinking about when the, whole, when a, the angel came to her and said, Hey, Mary, you're going to have a kid. And she's like, Whoa, wait a second. Like, how can this be? I don't know a man. And see, according to Newton... The Newtonian model, that's impossible because it takes matter to do matter. Being quantum physics, guess what? It's not the field, it's the spirit. He says the spirit of God will overshadow you and then you'll have it. And she's like, so be it according to your word. And guess what? It was. And so we as believers, I think sometimes we believe more in Newton than we do in, in God. Now think about that. Sometimes I think we think more about Newton and, and, and the surface level of Scripture than about the Spirit and who God is and the Spirit that is in, in us and with us. 
because we think, well, matter affects matter. Well, matter's got to do this for this to happen. And God says, it doesn't matter with me. Why? Because he's a spirit. And the Bible says that we're a spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in the flesh, right? In what? In spirit and in truth. So it's not coming from this flesh. Like I was talking about how when, when the Israelites, they crossed the Jordan River, a swollen Jordan River, and God brings them across, it, it, like, like the water stops. How did that do that? They didn't have time to build a dam. Like anytime we think, well, God's got to do something, well, we're going to have to do it ourselves. And God's like, no, you can trust me, and I'll give you the ideals and the thoughts and the ways to do it. And God gave them. He said, this is what I want you to do. And so the priest stepped in, and the moment they stepped in, what? The water parted. And so the water parted when they were going on the way from the Red Sea, but the water also parted when they were stepping into the promised land. And then God told them, he's like, once you get over there, I want you to circumcise every male that hadn't been circumcised. Well, it had been 40 years. And they have enemies. Like, remember, they're afraid to go into the promised land. So they have all these enemies facing them, and they're getting ready to go to Jericho, and they're already afraid of them. Like, the enemies already saw God move. They already saw the waters part again, and they'd already heard about the Red Sea crossing. And see, we're always worried about enemies and worried about what this is going on and that, and the enemy's more afraid of you than, the, than you are of him. Because he's already de- defeated. He's already seen what God's done. And so God parts the Jordan River, a flooded Jordan River. Anybody been around floods? They're horrible. They come up way faster than you can imagine. And they're devastating, and they carry all kinds of stuff with them. And, but, but it's a flooded Jordan River, and he blocks it up, and they cross. And the, so now they ain't got a choice. They're in the promised land. And, and the Bible says two things. Number one, it says that they ate Passover. And then the next day, they ate from the land, and then they didn't have to eat from the manna anymore. Now, what was the manna? Manna is not necessarily a bad thing. It's, it's daily bread. It represents Jesus. But God wanted them to live not out of the flesh, but out of the spirit. And that's what the promised land represents, is when we walk in in the spirit, not the flesh. Now we're connecting with God in his level and in his language. And now we can eat from the promised land and not just keep depending on meager, you know, oh, I just get an omer of this. Now it filled them and it was good. There was nothing bad. But something changed to where they went from just gathering it every day to having an overflowing and abundance in their life. And so God says, now I want you to circumcise everyone that hadn't been circumcised. Well, guess what that was? That was their entire army. Their entire army. They can't cross back. They ain't no place to run. They got the enemies in front of them. And God's like, guess what? The man is going to stop. Now you're going to eat from this land. But guess what? I want you to cut the flesh off. The flesh that you don't need so that you can reproduce and you can go forward. And that's where he's talking to us, too. He's like, I don't want you living out of the flesh. I want you to walk with me in the spirit. He's going to give you ideals and things that are going to blow your mind and set you up. For, for lifetime stuff, if you can just connect with him in the spirit. You guys hear what I'm talking about? 
And so, you know, the scientists call it, I didn't use the P word, they, they, they call it the field, but it's really the spirit, right? And that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives at the end of the universe as it's expanding out and really hard to reach, right? No. I keep thinking that. When I was a kid, I heard that God's so big, but, but he's at the end of the universe. And then I hear that the universe is expanding at the speed of light right now. So it's even farther than when I was a kid. So that means that God's getting farther and farther and farther away from me. If he lives out there, I'm in trouble. No wonder it's taken forever for, for my prayers to get answered because he's gotten farther and farther and farther and farther away. And I'm not good enough to, to even earn that stuff. So I'm getting, by the time I get good enough, he's going to be way, way, way. There's going to be like 50 universes made. He is there, but he's also in between, and he's also all around us, and he's also inside of us. He's so much bigger than we can imagine. He said he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think or imagine. According to our good works. What? It's not our good works? According to if we make the right moves. According to if we pray enough. What is it? The power that works where? In us. Where is that? In us. In us. Huh, that's almost like in him we live and move and have our being. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. Now think about that. That's resurrection power living inside of you. That's huge. That's huge. That changes us, makes the gospel, like the gospel is better than what we think. God is bigger than anything we can imagine. He loves, his love is greater than anything we've ever felt. His peace is more than anything that that we can comprehend. He's so big. Like I was looking up Yudhe Vade in, 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 in the Bible and I was going through the interlinear and then looking up the Englishmen's and the Strong's and I went and it said Yudhe Vade and and they're like they can't even explain him. I was like, try try to explain who he is. You can't because he's so big. And when you get a revelation of that and how big he is, then you get this revelation that we go to Genesis. Now listen to Genesis because it's really cool. Because in Genesis, I'm going to go to Genesis and it's. Genesis 1, 26, and it says, Then God, Elohim, said, Let us. Time out. Who's there? Who's us? Elohim, right? So it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Do you know before he even created 
the moon and the stars. Before the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the earth, God thought of you. He said, you know, I know where this is going to go. I know there's this dude named George, and I got this great plan for his life. I know, I know there's this great guy named Moses, and I got a great plan for his life. I've got this. Watch what I'm going to do. I've ordained and created them to be right where they are. And you too. And me too. He thought of you before this. Think about that. Not, not thinking of you like, oh yeah, they're going to struggle and go, just burger going to get by and hopefully they'll be good enough to talk to me. No. He said, I'm going to make them sons and daughters of the Most High. But he said this. Then God said, let us make man in our own image. You know what? Another thing is, like, a, we talk about the, the physicist. I said it. I got the word out. Good job, James. Got to pat myself. That was good. The smart guys, right? They talk about the 3D world, right? You know what the 3D, it's it's what your senses can see. Well, you can see, hear, taste, touch, smell. And I kept thinking about 3D. It's like, well, wait a second. We think that our name is who we are. We think that where we live is where, is where we are, or is what our name is who we are, and where we live is where we are, and that we're in time, and our bodies are. But that's the three-dimensional. That's not the spirit realm. They talk about the fourth-dimensional realm. And what is that? That's the spirit realm. That's got, they call it the field, but really it's not the field. I would call it, it is a field, but it's the spirit, right? And so one of the things they talk about it is it, if you want to go into the, to the field, you've got to figure out that you're nobody, no place, and no time. Now think about that. That's three different dimensions. No body, no place, and no time. What are they doing? They're telling you who your identity is. We are a spirit. We live in a body. We are in time, right? I mean, we, there is a time for everything, but there's something greater on the inside of us than all that stuff out there. Time is not going to exist forever. The Bible says that he's written eternity in our hearts. Now think about that. You are an eternal being. Listen, if you know God or you don't, you're going to live forever. You get to choose but you're going to live somewhere forever. Because all this stuff we see, it passes away. But we will live forever. Time doesn't matter to God. He knows the, the beginning from the end. He don't live in time. He lives in eternity. Where we're at right now, this is not where we live. It's where we're at right now. But we have a place in Him. 
that's greater than all of that. And when we can connect with that, it was like, Pastor James, what are, what are, did you stop at like a store on the way here? <laughs> I was like, like, I don't want to settle for less than I am. And when I said, I, I don't want to settle for less than I am, I actually said God's name. So what's his name? yud hey vad hey. I am that I am. You know your sons and daughters of the Most High God? The Pharisees, they were going to go kill Jesus, or they were wanting to, to beat Jesus up and be nasty to him. And Jesus was like, why are, you, why are you trying to kill me? Why are you trying to hurt me? And, and they, they said, is it because of my good works? And, and they're like, no, it's not because of your good works. It's because you said you were a son of God. So they took him to, to Psalms 82 where... Where it, where it talks about where God said that you are sons, you are God's little Elohim, little G. But what he was saying is you are sons of God. And Jesus said, look, it's in your book. It's in the, in the Bible that you're reading and it's in your belief system that you're so caught up on the surface area that you don't realize that God created you to be sons and daughters of him. Not to live just on the surface, but to know him in spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He wants to connect with us. He wants to talk with us. And you can hear it. And how does it, like a lot of times he, he connects, you get thoughts. Like the enemy will put thoughts, like you'll get thoughts over your head too that are just coming from, not necessarily just the enemy, we give him way too much credit. But, but these Thoughts maybe from our, like we have over 65,000 thoughts a day. And you know what they say, that a majority of our thoughts every day are just something that we replayed from the day before and the day before and the day before. Or we had something really bad happen to us, and so then that starts affecting our thoughts, that like, well, it's going to be like this and it's going to be like that. Then we start living in this survival mode, which is what animals do. You know what they do? They do fight or flight. Now you deal with that with horses. Like, what do I, I got to get to their thinking. We say we got to get to their thinking, thinking brain on horses when I'm training. I want them to think. But their brain, the horse, I'm trying to get to their heart. Because if they're just living off of instinct, trying to survive and trying to, trying to find the next meal or trying to find the next provision or trying to just protect themselves either by fighting or running then it's going to be a miserable life because all we're doing is we're just acting like animals. It's completely off of instinct and not off of who we really are, which is what separates us from everything. We are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. But there's something greater inside us I was like, I don't want you to live off instincts and live off just... And then our subconscious, like, the, the, they talk about how it runs our life. You know, like, like, our past experiences are running our life. That means we're living in the past. And we're time traveling. And we're expecting things to change in the future. And we're doing the same thing that we did in the past every day, expecting different results. You know what the definition of that's called? Insanity. 
And the world will tell you, this is how you're supposed to think. This is how you're supposed to do it. It's like, I ain't thinking like you. Like, I'm a son of the Most High God. I am a spirit. And guess what? My mind is going to think how God designed it to think. My, my body is going to come in line, and I'm going to drive my body like I drive my truck. Not, if I got my truck, and my truck said, well, we went here yesterday, so we're going to go here again. Like, okay, I guess we're going here. I don't know why we keep going here again. And usually it's to the gas station. You know? Why are we going here again? Why are we going here again? Why, well, we went here yesterday. Well, we're going here again. We're going here again. And then one day I figure out, I got a steering wheel in that thing. You know what? We're not going there again. Guess where we're going? We're going where I tell you to go. That's why, because we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And God wants us to live in Him and through Him and in His authority and in His power and, and cut the flesh off. Say, you know what? I ain't living like I did yesterday. I ain't thinking like I thought yesterday. I want to find out what you said about me, God. Father, you know what he says? You're beloved. You're forgiving. And you're perfectly provided for. So guess what? That takes all the pressure off of us. And instead of going off of instinct like mere animals. And, and I'm being hard on animals because like I have horses and they trust me. Like I have this connection with them. And like, like they, when they, they're connected with me, they trust me and they'll go anywhere I want them to go because there's this connection and I, they're not working off of instinct. They're working off of trust and love and peace and hope, knowing that, that they're taken care of. And then I won't put them in a bad situation. And if I do put them in a bad situation, they trust me more than the bad situation. We're not running off instinct like mere animals, but we are sons and daughters of the creator of the universe. Think about that for a minute. I got four words in this. Good thing I don't try to preach a whole chapter. Then God said, let us make man in our image. Now, we're, we're in, in like, man, I got I to gotta follow the Holy Spirit here. Because what is the image? Like, when, when he says he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think or imagine. What's happening when you're imagining? Like, am I the only one who imagines? Like I was at the retreat and this guy comes up and he was offended because I was wearing, I had my Rolls Royce gray shirt on and I had my cap on and, and he come up to me and he's like, do you even have a Rolls Royce? Have you ever even driven a Rolls Royce? And I'm like, dude, what does it matter to you? You know, and he's like, I just want to know. And I was like, you know what? I drive seven of them every day. 
And he's like, what? How do you do that? And he's like, where are they at? And I was like, they're in my imagination. <laughs> and I drive them every day, and I can see every detail of them. And you better watch out, because one day, guess what? Maybe I'll be driving them right up to here, and you ain't going to like it. But guess what? You can't stop me from driving that. Next day, I wear the hat again, and I wasn't even thinking. He goes, you still got that same hat? And I said, yeah, I got this hat. This is my favorite hat. It reminds me of driving my Rolls Royces. <laughs> Look, I'm not stuck on your limits. I'm not stuck in what you can think. I'm not stuck on what someone else can do. I am a son of the Most High God, and if I want to drive in a Rolls Royce in my imagination, I will. There's times I want to go to Hawaii and sit on the beach. But there's something really powerful about our thoughts and how we think. Because the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And 65,000 of those thoughts were letting our yesterday guide. Rather than taking control and saying, you know what? I am in authority here. I am a son of the Most High God. The Bible says about taking, taking captive thoughts and imaginations that exalt their, themselves against the knowledge of God. Casting down imaginations and high things. What is that? Anything that you put higher than God. What's higher than God? And so we'll automatically we think, well... Well, that goes to things and stuff, and it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with who we are on the inside and the enemy saying, you're rotten, you're no good. And I'm, no, I am a son of the Most High God made in his image, and there's no one on this planet that is not divine and holy and had the breath of God breathed in him. You know his name? It's like breathing in and out. yud hey vad hey. Like Yud's number 10, and it represents completeness. And then He, the breath of life. And then Vav represents man, it's number 6, but it also represents what? Man was made on what? The sixth day. But it also represents a tent peg or a hook, like the hook that they put in the temple that held the temple up. That's what the Bible says, that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now think about that. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God lives in you. The temple, you're looking to go to heaven, and God's like, I'm going to put it right here in you. If you want to hide the divine, where, where's the best place to hide it? In you. And in you. And in you. When we get, give our hearts to Jesus, where do we ask him to live? Would you please live on the end of the universe in heaven? Lord Jesus, please come to the universe at the end of the heaven. No. Or we say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Where's your heart? We are the temple. So that yud hey vad hey, it's like when they when they say it, it's almost like it's a breath in. Yud hey vav hey. Breathing in, breathing out. There's a song that says, it's your breath in my lungs, and I give you the praise, and I give you the praise. You know, when you just breathe, 
that you're saying his name and you're glorifying him. Maybe you're going through a hard time. Man, I remember going through some hard times in my life where all I could do was breathe, and that's all God told me to do. You know what? I didn't even realize it back then, but when I kept breathing, I was trusting him. When I kept breathing, I was giving him praise because I was saying, I'm going to keep breathing. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep trusting you in spite of whatever's out there and whatever I'm facing, whatever it looks like. Because my breath is not just something that happens. It's you filling my lungs with your breath and with your life and with your love and filling every part of me. That's probably the weirdest message you guys have ever heard. (laughs) But I want to connect us to him. I had a stud colt, and he's two years old, and he's, he's starting to get a little fresh with some of the girls out there, so I had to put him up. And I had this gilding, and Linda's like, don't leave him alone. He's, he needs a buddy. So I went and got this gilding, and I put the halter on this gilding, and I'm leading him and put him in there, and he's like putting that colt in this place. I was like almost to the point where I needed to, I was like, oh, that's not going to work. So I went out there to get him, and this, this gilding, he's just, like, connected to me. It's like when I walked up to him, it's almost like there's this invisible line with me and him that we're just so connected that, like, when I moved here, I was like, I walk out there, and he's, like, right there with me. I move here, and he's right there with me, and I move there, and it's almost like I could feel this invisible line and this invisible connection, and there wasn't nothing on it. I was like, hey, come with me. And so I led him out to the gate and opened the gate up, and guess what? I released him, and then he went off. I didn't have a lead rope. I didn't have anything, but we were still connected. No one could see that, but me and him, guess where we were connected at? In our heart. We had a trust. I trusted him, and he trusted me. You know how you know if you can trust someone? You just got to trust them. That's the only way. I learned that many times with horses. That's one of, the, one of the things I tell people. Like, how do I know I can trust the horse? You just got to trust him. I had a horse, he was, he was biting and mean and nasty, and no one could get him done. And so, so I went up there, and I always stretched their front feet out and let them stretch. And, and everyone's like, man, that horse will bite you. And he was, had his ears pinned. And I was like, look, buddy, I, I know you don't want to be here, and I don't want to be here either. But guess what? We're going to get this done. And I'm going to trust you. You can take my head off if you want, but I'm going to be vulnerable and trust you. And I pulled his foot out, and he stretched, and then he just went, and I got his feet. And then he put his mouth on me and just sat there. And everyone's like, that horse is going to eat you up. And I was like, no, he's not. I can feel him. All he wanted was someone to give him a chance. He's just like, man, just trust me. Man, I've been hurt and I've been through lots of things and everybody doesn't understand me and all I need is just a chance for someone to trust me. And that's what the Father's saying to you. It's like, I don't want, like this flesh stuff, like it's here, but it's not who you are. I want to connect with you from the inside out. I want to connect with your heart and I want to show you who you really are. Will you just trust me? 
That's all he wants. He just wants us to trust him. I can tell you how you can learn to trust him. You just do it. And watch what he'll do in your life. Amen? Amen. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your peace. We thank you that you're always here and you're always faithful. And, Father, I just thank you that you are connecting us with your heart, that we are connected spirit to spirit, soul to soul, and we carry your breath as we move through this life. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.